0: Hello, welcome to the Clamp Blue Podcast post-match reaction. I'm your host, Dan Rowlandson, joined by the lovely, for the love of Paul McGrath's, Neil Dunworth. Neil, how are you, mate?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm neither up or neither down after that game. It's just a shame because I've waited a long time to watch Aston Villa or whatever it was, 12 days. And uh, yeah, it would have been nice to have a win uh, there today. But look, this is the way football is. Um, there's. I think there's a lot, like, obviously you know he's going to say it, but I think he'll mean it in this instance. There's an absolute lot of positives you can take away from that game. while uh, there's an awful lot to work on as well.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those that feels a little bit frustrating. Obviously, <laughs> the thing that people tend to say with an FA Cup uh, game is oh, anything but a replay, uh, which I kind of agree to with to an extent. But the longer the game goes on at nil-nil, rather a replay than lose as yeah. what I've said before uh, but it's obviously that extra workload and, and, and another game for the players I think after Newcastle in midweek obviously next Tuesday I think we play every weekend throughout February so it's probably a, a good time to have an extra game thrown in there because it's not we're not yep. playing in Europe yet we are, we're not in the Champions League or anything of course so if there was ever a good time to have an FA Cup replay and it's that we're in the home we're, we're at home in the second leg as well. I actually back Villa to get through and do the job at home in the replay. So I actually think it's it can be a pretty decent result. Chelsea are good at Stamford Bridge. We said on the, yeah. we did a combined 11 in the week, and Chelsea have become a bit of a meme, haven't they, online, at their mid table and they spent a billion pounds to look at the state of their squad. But I do think some of those players will come good, and at Stamford Bridge specifically, they've been pretty decent. So to go there, I wasn't really expecting Villa to, to blow them away or anything, just because we're fourth and they're 10th or whatever it is in the Premier League. Um, I did not think we'd win. I thought, I think we got enough to beat them. But it's one of those games that you come out of it and think we could have lost that one, and we created chances and could have won it. So that's a draw. is probably a fair result, then, isn't there
1: no. Oh, draw! Draw was a fair. Like I, I just said to you there off camera that, um, you know, if that was that, that could have been a two-two today. But mm. the the realist, like the two-two, wouldn't have been a fair, a fair scoreline. I think nil-nil was probably a fair scoreline. I thought both teams were. Inefficient. I thought both teams were ineffectual for parts of the game. Um for two for two different reasons. I think Villa were knocking off Rust, and I think Chelsea were um were looked like a team that had played three days ago, you know. So I think there's there, there's lots of swings and roundabouts with regards to, the, to to this game. Um you mentioned about Chelsea being at home in Stamford Bridge, like not even being at home, it's in the last, what is it, they've They've won five out of the last six games with the only loss being an anomaly against Middlesbrough. And now this means that they they won't have lost in six of their last seven. So Chelsea are a team that are getting it together, you know, so it's uh, it's it's it, they're they're in a false position like they Look, just the money they've spent and everything. This is the year you got to catch them. This is the year you got to you got to make sure that they don't get into Europe again have them mm. spend that money because in two, three years time again, they will be back in Europe and we will be, you know, if we don't if we don't capitalize on it this season, um, between themselves or Newcastle or Manchester United, uh well then I'm not gonna say we ought to have ourselves to blame, but it it'll be a missed opportunity, mm. I think. Um and while while it's no no means a foregone conclusion that we we actually do get into the Champions League this year. It, it, this is the year of what I'm saying. This is the year to do it for the teams that are are kind of a bit down on their luck.
0: Yeah. um, It's interesting how you kind of assess when they've played more recently than you have, that you kind of think, well, maybe Villa are fresher and, and been, we'll be more ready to go with a, a 12-day break, I think it is. And the irony of, mm. you know, we're not having a nil-nil in, in Premier League or English Football Management and getting two in two weeks is pretty pretty funny isn't it i suppose um i thought maybe it goes lost. the other way that chelsea maybe look a little bit tired from tuesday even though they, they you know walked through middlesbrough and, and became a training game in the end uh you do just think well oh, they've played more recently there, there must be more fatigue there's a coal wheel pulls out doesn't he before uh, before kick off tonight maybe that goes in our favor but these things don't don't always work like that and it like you say yeah. it looked, rather than villa looking fresh because they've not played for for 12 days Villa looks rusty. Villa look like they haven't got going yet and that's a little bit disappointing and I hope that we've kind of got that out of our system uh, for Tuesday, really. I don't want to play like that again because I I didn't think we played well. Yes, we created chances and could have scored and probably should have scored, but overall, we didn't play great in my opinion and I think against better sides. For example, again, I could talk about Chelsea being a bit of a meme. If they've got a clinical forward that isn't called Cole Palmer, they've got somebody else, they've got an out-and-out number nine up there. I think they beat us or not.
1: If we if we if we've got somebody at the back post that can head the ball, that is isn't yeah. called Joey Tinnemanns. We 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 know. score as well tonight. You know. So look, I suppose realistically speaking, there, Cole Palmer is their top scorer. Um, mm. So and I think he's all. I think he will end up most likely in a in a striker's position. Um, he was a striker for Man City. He was moved out to this out to the wings. Anyway, we won't get on to a Cole Palmer conversation uh, there, but um. Yeah, look, it's I, I didn't think I didn't think Chelsea were great checks today. I thought we were able to move them out wide whenever we needed to. I thought we were able to push them out into wider areas. Like our three cha- we had three good chances, they had three good chances. And uh I think the rest of it was what made us look a lot worse than we were was our midfield were on their heels an awful lot. And the reason for that was Conor Gallagher's runs off the ball were just mm. super in the first half. He he absolutely bamboozled um uh, Luis and uh, and Boubacar Camara. Um, that's I, I. I tweeted it at halftime, and I said, or just before halftime, I said, they got to get in. They got to talk to somebody about about this because it's Gallagher that's moving them around the place and moving them mm-hmm. left, and making them more lateral than they needed to be. And then when that happens, obviously that that they just force-fed Maduiki that ball on the right-hand side and then switched the ball to Sterling when they needed to. And I thought or both our fullbacks had good battles with Sterling and with, uh, with Maduiki. But um, like realistically speaking, I didn't feel too threatened by them, even though they had 71 or 2% of the possession through the first half. I just felt that we looked worse than we actually were. Um, we were compact. Our defensive structure was good. I, I even likened it to um, Una, when Una Emery first came into the club. Uh, we used to get into our shell and we used to be compact mm. and defend and not concede. Yeah. And that's the positive, I think, Drew and I is going to take out of tonight that, OK, we should, we can do that again because we haven't been very good at being compact this season. We really haven't. Yes, we've been expansive and we score goals. But when we needed to ret- retire into our shell and be compact, we haven't been able to do it to great effect. But it, and even against a lot lesser teams than than Chelsea, we haven't been able to do it. So mm-hmm. um, the shape work, I think, like Chelsea looked like a team that just worked that worked on shape work and, and pressing for this game and said, right, let's see how this goes. And we looked like a team that were really look working on our defensive shape work over the last couple of couple of days because Unai has not been happy on it. Now he needs to marry that. Conservative defensiveness with that expansiveness that we had at the start of the season, and see if we can get a tune out of that. Because nil alls will become our friend uh, over the course of the next uh, the next few weeks, and, and especially away from home, picking mm, up points. Finding, a, finding that
0: balance, goal. isn't it? Yeah, it's a comment here from Liam Meredith who says, we did play well in the last 20 minutes. And I agree, we, we grew into the game in, in, the, in the last stages, of like, even in the, in, in the first half as well. I'm not, I don't want to come across it that we, we played badly or we were not good enough for anything. There were moments, like I said, at the, at the very top of the show. The draw is the right result. Chelsea had moments. We had moments. Neither of us could really uh, get it over the line. And like I say, I think a, a replay benefits us as, as much as you kind of talk about fixture congestion and stuff. We play once a week throughout February so having a midweek FA Cup round is standard like that's just like having a European game to contend with we, we, we can do that we can manage it um, yeah. Kelvin says to be fair winning three consecutive times at Stamford Bridge was always unlikely I'm happy with the draw uh, yeah me too in the end Noel says I won't pronounce your last name so I will butcher it I'm sure is an, an Irish name, <laughs> name? Noel yeah, uh Noel Conocton says, Good night, good night, gentlemen. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, will Ollie Watkins ever score or assist again? Uh, sometimes it's a tongue in cheek question, a tongue in cheek answer. Yes, he will at some point. Um, but I do understand the frustrations. Now, I am a big Ollie Watkins fan. We've done videos specifically on the channel about him, why he's an elite striker, why he's only behind Erling Haaland, all these things that we've said about him before. Uh, Neil's visuals and microphone has disappeared, so I'll waffle on for a little bit longer. Um, but I do, there he is. Uh, but I do understand the concerns or the frustrations. Um, but this is the player that Ollie Watkins is, isn't it? He's he's streaky. He will score four goals in five or six games, and then score none in the same amount of games. And over the course of a season, he scored twenty in forty in all competitions or, or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, and that he's probably just about good enough for where we are at the moment. If you know, t- if goals are coming from elsewhere in the team as well. Um, but I understand that kind of level of frustration levelled at Watkins. Maybe that you know we talk about his work rate and being involved and pressing from the front and whatnot. But if he doesn't score or he doesn't assist, I think it is easy sometimes to look at him and think, he's not contributing. He's not really done much tonight. And specifically tonight, I agree with that. I don't think he did do a lot a lot tonight. Uh, but generally speaking, I think there is more to Wally Watkins' game than just output. I think he helps the team score goals elsewhere, even if he's not the one putting the ball through, or putting the ball in the back of the net. Uh, but like I said, I do a- agree with, uh, was it Neil?
1: Not Neil. No, Ars- no. Noel. Noel.
0: Noel. Oh, yeah, I'm I do deep. agree with Noel's kind of frustrations, Neil, uh, that, yes, come on, Ollie, we could do with a goal at some point now.
1: Well, Ollie Watkins last scored against Brentford. Um, he scored a goal against Brentford uh, just before Christmas, 17th of December. I suppose it feels longer. That's what? One, yeah. two, three, yeah. four, five. five That's five games ago. He had two assists against Burnley on the 30th of December as well. Um, so time periods between, between his last game, when he had two assists... And now we've played in the FA Cup against Middlesbrough and he played 21 minutes in that game and we had 90 minutes against Everton. He had mm. 90 minutes against Everton, which is nil all draw, and he said nil all draw here as well. So um that's that's kind of the context from it. But uh like last season as well, and I, I was big on this last season too. Like if Ollie Watkins didn't score those goals down down the stretch, and this this is also praising Ollie Watkins, but it's also saying showing how frail we can be up top. Uh, If Ollie Watkins didn't score those goals down the stretch, we would have been Wolves last season. You know Mm -hmm. that's that was the difference between us and Wolves last season. They Mm -hmm. didn't have a striker that could hit the back end of a barn, and we had somebody who scored thirteen down the stretch or whatever it was. You know, so it's um it's 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 those fine margins, and I think that's why I think the next six days. uh, I'm reluctant to say Villa need to pull a rabbit out of a hat, but I think the you know a couple more a bit more of an attacking impetus. The more I'm seeing like Zanzaniolo, the more I'm like, like Diaby isn't firing on all cylinders and Bailey, um, while he's been absolutely excellent this season, you know, Bailey, uh, you know, you'd, you'd hate to have him go through a lull period and I, I certainly don't want him to. I think we just need something, somebody small, a small bit different. And Remember at the start of the... Um, actually, you didn't say it on the podcast. Sorry. The reason I went off camera then is because I had to blow my nose. Before uh, it started running down my face, and so apologies to everybody. I've a mass, I've I got a head cold since like six o'clock today, between six o'clock and now. I've just become completely congested, so I do apologize with regards to this. But um, and, and I was just going to say what you said at the start of the podcast, but you didn't even say it. Uh, you said it to me off air about Ali uh, Watkins being a bit ineffectual today, and you know he's work rate. Um, if you look, if you and I know they're two completely different strikers, but man, that we were linked with is Morgan Rogers. And Morgan Rogers, you look how he played the game for Middlesbrough in a six one loss and you look how Ali Watkins played the game tonight, at times not being able to get into it at all and basically chasing shadows. Chelsea do that to center forwards. Chelsea like like you to me over the last four or five games I've seen Chelsea play. They do that. They play around the striker and make the striker just chase shadows. And what they do is they push your midfield back and create distance between your strikers, specifically if you're only playing one up top. And I'm going to say that we did because Diaby couldn't get into the game in broken play tonight as well. Not to say that he was bad. It's just that's why I would have said if he went out into the wing and forced one of their internal players to go out and follow him, that might have created a small bit more space. But then again, you know, I, I don't know. I'd like to see it or I'd like to watch it back. But Chelsea have become super good at spacing, at creating extra space between the striker and the midfielders. Therefore, when the ball goes up to the striker, he's completely isolated. So a ball's dropping down on you. And you're like, what the hell am I going to do here? There's three people around me. And my the cavalry is coming from back in their own box. So the ineffectualness, just specifically talking about tonight and against this team, Morgan Rogers felt it during the week. Ollie Watkins felt it. And you're going to see other strikers and other, other midfielders. And that's the difference. That's a different thing that, they, that Chelsea have shown over the last... Since Poch came in, I suppose, really... Realistically, since probably Halloween, Chelsea have shown that. They've done that. They've created that better. The Cassieto, um, Enzo, Conor Gallagher access in the middle of midfield is really good. They're not as productive as you'd like to see them. There's a lot of money spent there, for sure. But they're doing this massive press really, really well, and it's creating that mass that space that that spacing difficulty for strikers, mm-hmm. and basically you're playing them out of the game um, from like to, so that they can't have that individual piece of brilliance where they take the ball down, they play somebody into it, and they take that one-two pass past the 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 defense, and they're probably doing it because they've got a 39-year-old Tiago Silva back there, but. It's very effective, you know. It's very effective, and it's it's not new within football, and it's not certainly. But it's 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 in vogue at the moment, and we're going to see mm. more teams do it to us more and more, um, as as we go through the course of the uh, the, the the rest of the season. So, Phil um, mm. are going to have to find a, a way to to nullify it. I think.
0: Mm. Morgarado just did score though, didn't he? At
1: least. <laughs> He did, but you're 6 0 down. Like, what the team is going to take their foot, every team is going to take their foot off the pedal. And I think they had a bunch of 16 year olds on at that stage. Chelsea did so. Yeah. Um, Um, There's a great Morgan Morgan Rogers, but I'm not, if you know, so I'm not anti Morgan Rogers. I'm actually very pro what he brings to the what what he could bring. But anyway, that's for a completely different podcast.
0: There is a little bit of me that thinks just shoot a little bit more. <laughs> so that's such a, yeah. such a simple, simple analysis, a simple breakdown. I feel like we try to overplay it a little, t- a little bit. When you think have a pop shot here, don't just put somebody under try- pressure a little bit. Try and force a mistake if nothing else.
1: Our t- our, our, the use my English. Middlesbrough goal came from a pot shot. Man City mm-hmm. goal came from a pot shot. Our goal tonight that was Rudolph came from a pot shot. Yeah. You know, you don't shoot, you don't score. You know, fortune favors the brave. I can go through these analogies for the next 15 minutes if you want to get, to kill out the podcast. But, like, it, there's a reason that they're there. There's a reason. Like, Man United used to score those squirty goals under under yeah. Alex Ferguson the whole time. Those ones whereby they take a shot at it, it'd go pinball scramble in the, in the penalty area, and Van nistelroi poke it into the back of the net, or, uh, you know, somebody would poke it into the back of the net. Teddy Sheringham, they... Man United they're back against against Bayern Munich. Both of them were pokey goals into the back of the net, you know. So there's there's a place for those two in folklore and um you know, everything doesn't need to be pretty either. And it's something I've been mentioning an awful lot on Twitter is you don't shoot, you don't score. Um mm. so sometimes you just like need to pepper the the the, the goals a small little bit, especially if teams are gonna be playing in a lower block.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that ruled out, off, off oh, say offside. It wasn't offside, was it? It was given us a handball in the end. I thought it was going to be offside. It was offside too. Was it offside as well? I, I didn't celebrate so. at the time. I thought he looked offside. Uh, and then they're looking at a handball as well. Uh, so if it was offside, it kind of rules out my point of, uh, let's discuss whether it was handball or not. Uh,
1: but we'll do it anyway. Did you think it was handball? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, handball. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I, I'm, it, was, it was almost textbook like Thierry Henry versus Ireland back in the day handball do you think it was he, that? it was intentional it well Thierry Henry's was definitely intentional this one he was he was in a running motion but yeah he flicks the ball like you know whether it was intentional or not like his hand was it was in a natural position but it comes off his hand he scores a goal from it that's them them's the rules you know so uh for me it was definitely VR got 100% right no qualms about it but in real time, when I saw it, I went, Jeez, that's a great stroke of luck." That's what Villa. Uh, it's great to have that early in the game, or whatever. And then I saw the replay. I went, "Yeah, that's not a goal." Mm, it's not. Yeah, it's, think... it's 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 just not a goal. Like for me,
0: I've seen it once. And I thought it just carried him so quick, and his his arm was already there as he was moving, and it just hit him. I didn't think he intentionally kind of flicked it or tried to play it with his hand to keep control of it. But you're right, if he an attacker yeah. controls the ball with a hand and, and benefits by scoring a goal, the rules are the rules. I've not got any problem with VAR and its implementation of it and the technology behind it and the way it's used. I don't like that rule specifically. I don't. I know he benefits because he scores, but it, he doesn't. If he if he's running and the ball's that oh, you can't see here, but if it's on his left and he touches it like the honorary thing to keep it in play, oh, yeah. I think that's a deliberate action. If you're running and it yeah, hits your hand, you kind of think you can't have done anything about it anyway. So I don't, I don't like the rule specifically. Um, it obviously is a more more of a frustration because we've not won not tonight. Whereas. We could have won if that isn't ruled out. There was a lot of talk before the game, wasn't it? The VAR wasn't in operation. And and the fans were saying, oh, no, our our high line, we might need that to be there to to help us out because, you know, offsides are very tight. And it's just an error on the FA website It wasn't in operation tonight. I think that goal is given and we win. So (laughs) that's really good.
1: Yeah, and and the irony of it is we played a lot deeper with our line tonight, you know, for the majority of the game. Playing an awful lot deeper, um, so VAR probably wouldn't have been an issue from that point of view but uh, look, as I say, VAR is here I have no problem with VAR if if it needs to be used 100 times in a game and it gets every single one of them right and none of them are uh, controversial like, you can't have a problem with it from that point of view but they don't they get an awful lot wrong and an awful lot of it is controversial so you know, we will continue to talk about it and we will continue to hope that they sort it out soon yeah, and we'll continue to wipe our noses and, and continue yeah, to think Yeah, excuse away. me for that. <laughs>
0: Sorry, don't worry about it. I was ill for wipe about my nose. I wipe four. my
1: nose at VAR. That's what <laughs> I think of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, a couple of comments. I will uh, do a bit of talking to give you some time to blow your nose from Nat Dale. He says, am I right that we play the replay a week on Wednesday because Chelsea play Wolves on the Sunday? Uh, I don't know for certain, but having a look through the Premier League fixture list, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, it's going to be in that week, the week of the 5th of February, so the 6th and 7th is the Tuesday and the Wednesday, which is when these games tend to be played. Villa obviously play Sheffield United on, on the tea time kickoff on the Saturday, so it could have been the Tuesday. But as uh, the comment there said, uh, Chelsea play Wolves on the Sunday lunchtime, so they can't play till Wednesday, would be my assumption, because they have to have a certain amount of time between games. Uh, so it's yeah. going to be the Wednesday at Villa Park, isn't it? I think the 7th. It's going to be the Wednesday, yeah, yeah. I've not, not seen that confirmed there yet, but a little bit of detective work from Nat Dale and ourselves. I think that I think that's pretty much what it will be. Um so yeah, Sheffield United on the weekend, then uh Chelsea, obviously midweek, and then Man United on the Sunday. So two games at Villa Park back to back, Chelsea and United. Uh win them both, hopefully. Uh, the other comment oh. I wanted to uh to bring up very quickly was Ronan Ward. He says pow pow pow. Oh, um Oh, we miss Pau torres hugely don't we we've, i think we've said this before a couple of weeks ago and and the um the narrative of the situation around his injury is also very frustrating that it feels like he's coming back and he's back in training and he comes on against uh was it burnley i think he comes on doesn't play again after that because he aggravates whatever his problem was with his ankle which is notoriously a difficult injury to overcome ankles are very um Always flimsy, I guess. For want of a better word, yeah. a, a, a difficult thing to get over. Uh, obviously, have the, the the load bearing and the different weight and whatever else. Um, you feel like he's coming back. He's back in training. He'll be back at some point. Maybe Everton? Oh no, not Everton. Oh, definitely Chelsea in the FA Cup. Still no. And then he's uh, had another setback. Again, we don't know how long that will be for. <laughs> he could be back Tuesday. Yeah. He could be back, he could be out for weeks. Like it, it was one of those. It, you remember the Grealish stuff when Dean Smith was sitting? it, and it's like, oh yeah couple yeah. of weeks and then oh, a couple more weeks couple more weeks and you kind of think if it's you know it's that bad just tell us it's that bad and we can get over it yeah i live in my well, life as, as might play on tuesday but if they already know he's not going to be out for another month i'd rather just know that to be honest yeah look i i
1: i suppose look yeah at the end of the day, injuries are fickle um as you said in my own podcast there there was a time when i flip a lid over over recurrence of injuries and stuff like that. And I remember one day I listened back, I very rarely do, and whatever, for whatever reason I listened back to a podcast I did and I, said, I thought to myself, Jesus, this guy sounds unbelievably arrogant or more arrogant. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about injuries that he's no idea about. All I know is I get injuries, I don't know how to cure them. And I don't know why they recur, and I don't know why they reoccur and so on and so forth. Um, so for me, uh, I'm, I'm being facetious when I say that realistically, but you know, for me, the sport like sport sport science isn't a made up game it's no. not a made up game uh, it's 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 highly 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 scientific highly analytical and so on you know it's to do with loadings and everything like that and and you could just be unfortunate that you do the same injury again you know yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh there's no way of knowing you know it's like uh, i'm sure there will be in time like all the players that wear the bras and wear the wear, wear the, the 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 monitors and stuff like that, you can talk, you can see fatigue, but you don't know what you know. You don't know the how am I going to put like put it this way? You don't know what loadings are going through certain areas and how much fatigue around every specific area, but you can just see mm-hmm. overall fatigue and stuff like that. So for me, it's frustrating. I also am also in a in a chat group with a lot of other podcasts of a lot of other um, teams but in the, the the football league and in the Premier League. And I just happened to throw in there because I was doing a small bit of research online just to see and I couldn't really find much. And I just threw it in I said, guys, does everybody does everybody in here feel like their team always has a significant player that has a reoccurring injury every single year? And every podcast to a podcast turned around and said, yep, mm-hmm. our guy is this guy this year. Like it just was like a Christmas tree. Just ding, 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 ding the whole way down, just lit up and uh i was there okay yeah yeah sometimes we just feel it's ours but th- the crap part about it is like you mentioned about dean smith and jack realish like jack really got the name biscuit shins for whatever reason after that he had a problem with his shins they, like shin splints can be incredibly sore incredibly difficult to cure and they don't know why it happens as such it's just overloading and ankle injuries knee injuries and stuff like that they're they're to, they can be an exact science to a point um But uh, unless you start sticking probes in every fiber of every muscle, you're you're not going to know what's going to go. So for me, it's frustrating. It pisses me off. Excuse the language. I want Powell back out there again. He's been a real mainstay in this team. He's made us look an awful lot more threatening and an awful lot more coherent at the back. He's been a massive, massive plus point in the absence of Tyrone Mings. Um, I also am big on Longley more than a lot of people are here, and I'm sure the comments are now going to light up telling me that Longley is poor I'm not going to say it just because I'm not going to say it if I don't feel it. I think he's been out. He's thinking he's been okay, but he's not mm. Pau Torres. He's not like, yeah. and I can, I can admit that. Longley is grand. He's not Pau Torres and that's okay. And that's as far as I'm going to go on it, I think really. And I hope we have Pau Torres back very, very soon. And I hope we've got Dina back very soon. I hope we've got Jacob Ramsey back very, very soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I hope Embiid Bendia comes back very soon, you know, and i unfortunately I don't think we're going to have Mings back this season, but um. It kind of goes for all our players because our squad is short on numbers, yeah, just from, from a quantity point of view. So yeah. that's why I'm looking forward to the next six days. I have a sneaky suspicion that we'll see two in the door, but I don't know who the second part. I I, I I think Morgan Rod just comes. I just don't know who the second person is. Not a clue. Mm. Neil's in the know now. He's he's got all kinds of inside in the employee. know. I'm going to read John Tolley's articles. That's all i do. done. Oh, of
0: course, of course. Yeah, John knows John
1: knows everything. Uh, just quickly, we'll
0: wrap up in a second. Neil, I don't want to read this out on air in case I'm going to get stitched over. You can see the comments, can't you? Sorry. I can. Can you see Liam's comment about an expression? Is that? Do you know what that is? And if it is, I will ask you. And if it's rude, I will not ask you. Yes. It's, do you know? is, it, it is it rude? Th-
1: yeah. So, no, it's not. It's not. It's... Okay. it's ask you what was that oh why can't i remember that
0: let's have, let's have a guess it is a Boise, was, uh,
1: what's what's his name yeah yeah you must think <laughs> i came down the file the file is a uh, is a river in um antrim or down i can't remember which one it is it's in the north of ireland but what what was that show what was that show that was on um oh jeepers what was your man's name there was a villa fan in it it t- he turned out to be the ba- the right bad guy at the end why can't i think of that show's name um Oh Describe my God!
0: It? What what, what set? It was the cop show. Era? It was a
1: really, it was uh, why can't I think? But I was addicted to it. thought oh, it was um, the best show on TV. Line of duty. Line of duty. Line of duty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was. Uh, it was of one world. of his lines in that. And I was like, Do you think I came down the foil on a bubble? Like that was oh, one of right, his lines okay. in it. So uh, yeah, yeah. It just means do you think I'm naive. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to def- guess at. I don't. Know, I don't know why it means that.
0: So Liam said, for those who are listening, where does the expression "you must think I came down the foil on a bubble"? So The foil is a, yeah. is a river, you say, or a lake or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Do you think again? F O Y L E. Do you think I came down the foil on a bubble? It means oh, do you, like do you, oh, right. I think I was born okay. yesterday. Um, yeah. I think so it's, it's the before, lagging, like, yeah. Me, I think it was the same. Do you think it came? To, I thought it was the lagging as well. Do you think I, do you think I came down the lagging and above bubble or something? I can't remember, yeah, yeah, but that's what it is. Do you think I was born yesterday?
0: Yeah, I don't know why why that's came up. To be honest, I don't think we've no mentioned any, anything like that. But uh, yeah, good to know. Not been I'm here. I'm by, here to uh, dispel a, a any
1: any phraseology from Ireland as well, because uh, yeah, that's 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 the service I provide.
0: <laughs> uh, we will we'll end the show there. There's still loads of things we could get stuck into, but it's uh, almost eleven o'clock on a Friday night, and I want to uh, get this uploaded and log off. Uh, we've got the Monday show back on Monday, of course, where we can answer any further questions about uh, game uh, things that have happened tonight or transfer stuff. Obviously, deadline day is uh, one of the days next week. I'm not sure is it Wednesday, maybe. Um, so if we've signed anybody, obviously we can talk First. about that as well. It's Thursday, um, yeah, it's Thursday. Okay. Uh Dan Bardell will know all about that. I'm sure he's on Sky Sports every single day next week. Um I have a couple of notes. Leon Bailey coming on. I oh, know we're going to wrap up in a sec. Leon Bailey coming on the, on the 90th minute was strange. I can't, you could make a catch starting anyway, but like why not bring him on on the 60th minute or 70th or 80th even. Come on with three minutes to go. One of our most informed players when we're struggling for a goal was you know, I don't like to question who I am because who am I? But that was strange. Um, but overall. I think a draw is a fair result. We had chances, they had chances. I think we'll beat them at Villa Park in that midweek between Sheffield United and Man United. So if we do beat them in 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 the replay, happy days. So I want to, I want to be in the next round. Uh, we'll know our opponent for the next round before the replay as well. So that'll be a little interesting. Yeah. Whether there's something to kind of play for like a big tie or an easy tie at home. You're thinking if we beat Chelsea, we've got. Newport County at home in the fifth round because they beat Man United uh, or something like that that's never going to happen but we'll call it a day there what's the Uh,
1: score what was the score in the City Spurs game City City, were winning 1-0 because that's interesting because the draw could open up (laughs) yeah definitely for the FA Cup you know the draw could open up Um, I finished
0: 1-0 so Spurs are out Spurs are gone that's one more Premier League team gone Obviously, we're a Premier League team gone from our tie as well. Hopefully, it's Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not. It'll get through theirs, but yeah, you're right. If you can, you've got Wolves or West Brom, one of those two. Maybe you, if you're, you know, if you go into that Chelsea replay game, we know if we beat Chelsea, we've got West Brom at, at Villa Park or something. Like, oh, that's a, yeah. a bit of extra spice to the to the whole affair there. Um, But yeah, we'll call it a day for this one. Like I said, we'll be back on Monday with uh, some current Aston Villa chat. Uh, There is a podcast coming out tomorrow evening, Saturday. Uh, It's Aston Villa Confessions Part 2 with myself, Rob Warner and Frankie Maguire. Uh, We recorded that last week. It's uh, good fun. There's loads of different tangents, loads of different topics that we covered. We did Confessions Part 1 uh, in the summer, so you can go and find that back on the YouTube channel or the Spotify feed uh, if you want to get a flavour for what that idea is. Uh, but Part 2 is coming on Saturday. The Monday show is on Monday, and then we'll build up to... uh who we play next? Newcastle, of course, on Tuesday. Newcastle, yeah, Tuesday. Uh, with a post-match show from Villa Park, or when we get back from Villa Park, on Tuesday night as well. Uh, Neil, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, everyone, for watching or listening to this one. and We'll see you tomorrow and Monday. Cheers, everyone.